I don't know. Dare I say, like, so like I've said before, Californication is my favorite Chili Peppers album. And I go back and forth between this one and Blood Sugar Sex Magic. This might be better than Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Like, it is so fucking good. It brings a whole different just element to Chili Pepper music, but it keeps just that same freaking vibe going. It is, by the way, coming up next on Vinyl Stallion. Give it up. Give it up for the Chili Peppers. Oh, we're not just giving it up. We're giving it off because tarps are off because that's how the boys perform. And it's true. Yeah, I've, I've seen them live before and Chad might have been wearing a shirt. He wears this cut remember. off sleeves. Cut off sleeves is what he does. And backwards. Flea and Anthony were not. Oh. And John's just in his polo. Oh, he wasn't there when I saw him. Oh. <laughs> Until August of this year, where we've mentioned August 14th. We will be rolling, seeing the strokes, and also seeing Thundercat with them. Uh, but for right now, we are diving in to the next album review, as we mentioned, it's the John Frusciante uh, series where we are going through all of his albums with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We have already done the brand new Unlimited Love earlier in April. We're in May and we're just going to full on dive into these next five. Because we're standing in line to see the show tonight and let the line on. <laughs> Dude, so this album came out in 2002 and it was their eighth studio album under the red hot chili peppers and as i just mentioned so before this was california cation was the first album that john frusciante was back on and uh like once he left the band in the 90s and then this was the second one and again right in just the heart of the early 2000s and was just a soundtrack for not just myself but for so many other people just driving around listening to fresh new chili and like spruce said so frusciante uh his first album with the band was mother's milk that's also chad smith's first album with the band and then they do their commercial breakthrough, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. That's 1991. And then Frusciante, as many know, had a problem with heroin use and they booted him. And so for one hot minute, which was 1995, they brought in Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction. Those two bands were very good friends. So they're pretty seamless transaction uh personality wise musically i i personally don't agree with this but the red hot chili peppers didn't think it was as good of a fit and it's fair i mean jane's addiction still has like that funkiness to it but dave, dave navarro is like sort of like a metal style guitar player and you can tell like that one hot mini album i love it but it is probably the Chili Peppers' heaviest album, like I would say. Um, but it's really fucking good. But then Frusciante's back for Californication, 1999. And then they release this absolute banger. By the way, 68 minutes, 27 seconds. It's a double, 16 tracks, 2002, five singles. Rick Rubin producing. Um, so yeah, let we'll get into the singles really quick. The album was released in July 2002. So the lead single is the name of the album, by the way, track one. Um, and then you also had the Zephyr song, which was released just after the album in August. And then you had three more, Can't Stop, Dosed, and Universally Speaking. And this album just kind of dives in to just the melodic, subdued emotions, kind of, that, every, like, everyone, like, it touched a lot, obviously, with Anthony's kind of drug addiction, overcoming that, 
they touch on death of friends. Um, it, they touch on love in many ways, but then John just adds like all those melodies, the backing vocals, the arrangement, and it has such a signature sound where it's like refreshing and happy at so many points in this. And it is it like just a very well put together album from start to finish. And I'm very excited yeah, to just dive on with this. Yeah. And I think so. I guess let's give it a little more context. So their first three albums, there's no Chad. There's no Frusciante. Um, they're like very like pure funk, like maybe even like funk metal, you might be able to say. They're like very different and they're all from the 80s. So this is like early, early Chili Peppers. Then you add in Frusciante and Chad. You still have some elements from those first three albums, but their sound starts to change and become like a little more mainstream and then blood sugar sex magic like same thing you still have a lot of that core like pure funk in it um but they like you know i mean it it's it it was their most popular album at, at least at that time and it you know like under the bridge that's a song that everyone knows i i would say it's their most popular song and then you throw in dave navarro and it's like there's the metal album so like the way their sound pro is progressing sort of takes a bit of a halt there and then californication and this might be why it's my favorite album of theirs is it takes all elements from their progression and sort of has a little bit of all of it like there's certain songs that have a little bit of that metal to it that pure funk to it and then and what by the way sort of starts to do is like Frusciante, I think like his role starts to become a lot bigger in this album. And like, uh, like it's, there's a lot more finesse in the album. And then it's that like times 20 on Stadium Arcadium. And then you have the two Josh Klinghofer albums. So you have something completely different there because you're bringing in a new guitarist. And then Unlimited Love was like they just picked up right where they left off after Stadium Arcadium, where it's just a lot more lyrically focused, like more like Frusciante, like obviously had a huge role in Unlimited Love. Um, yeah, so that's sort of where they were at stylistically with By the Way is like sort of, I, I think it's an album that is absolutely a turning point in their style. And especially like Anthony's as well. I mean, he's very, like I said, it's a melodic, like John's laying down very melodic type guitar riffs and uh, things like that. And he's able to sing more. Anthony's able to sing more over it. You don't like it, it, it does. It contains very few kind of funk driven songs and not that much like rapping either. Like besides like throw away your television I, comes to mind. Um, yeah, that one's a thumper. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into all of these right freaking now. So let's just start with title track, by the way. Yeah, and I mean, that's a super popular song, radio hit, like lots of people know it. Um, I have I have one, one note for this. I like kind of just, again, I've mentioned just like writing down some notes, things that just come to mind while I'm listening to it. One note that says, what else is there to say? <laughs> yeah no I, I mean it's crazy because it starts off with just like that soft smooth singing and then all of a sudden like you just get punched in the face with flea's bass line and then like chad is not playing at all like when anthony's singing like like there's no chad during that and then when he comes in it's all toms and he it just gives it like that jungle beat and then you know the chorus that there's a lot of harmonies i i know frusciante is in there but i i think flea is too no i mean it's that's the name of this album is those backing vocals man a drives it I, yeah i'm pretty sure it's both of them as well um 
But man, just talk about, like you said, like when that bass kicks in, like I literally just want to break everything in my house. I just want to tear, tear apart everything. And I, I've seen so many live videos, which is why I'm so freaking pumped to see them live. Is just that energy that just flees running around, shaking his head like a freaking uh, madman. He reminds me of, uh, uh, God, I can't think of the name, the Thornberry from the Wild Thornberries. Who's the little baby? Donnie. Donnie Thornberry. He's Donnie Thornberry in that song. Just. <laughs> So it's interesting you say that. You you want to know a fun fact? Flea is the voice actor of Donnie and Wild Thornberry. What? Thorn Dude, I actually feel like, wait, I don't know. No way. <laughs> he 100% is. What the fuck? <laughs> That's insane. I guess I didn't. I mean, I would have known that. I guess I think I knew it was so That's crazy that you, you mentioned that. But it, it's true. Like, he does. <laughs> hop around and another another thing about chili peppers what? live is like flea is the person who talks to the crowd not anthony holy shit <laughs> that's funny as fuck so by the way we everyone knows that uh but coming up another the last single like club set off the album is universally speaking coming in at four minutes 16 seconds and you want to talk about melodic melancholy song yeah, well, in this one, I just love that like gallopy drum beat that Chad Smith lays down, dude. It, it it's big. We mentioned, I just love hearing Anthony like sing, like we talked about the it differentiating from what they were in the nineties and stuff. And on certain ones, John's backing vocal and the chorus kicks ass as well. Um, and what's really cool is, or I don't know if it's cool, but it's, <laughs> I was reading that it was sung from a first person's perspective on the relationship with a prostitute. And it's pretty evident in the lyrics. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's, uh, some lyrics go, give it up and I got what I came for. Nothing better than love and service. All of these located in the chorus. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. That's a first-person perspective if you ever uh, don't want to pay for one. <laughs> Dude, the guitar, the guitar at the end of the chorus, a reprise as well, just melts me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's just a good way to describe this song. Like, it just melts you. It's just so smooth and silky. Ah. Universally speaking, we're all in the bag Number three, this is the place for 17. And this is the place where the junkies go. Line number one. And this is a common theme. Again, I mentioned earlier that you're going to see in this is just talking about Anthony's just drug problem, overcoming it. It's laid out in multiple different ways. But this specific one is about the negative effects on doing hard drugs. And there's a line in it where he goes, on the day my best friend died, I could not get my copper clean. And as Klepp mentioned, so the uh, Chili Pepper started out with guitarist, well, Halel Slovak. Mm -hmm. Boys, I think he was like grade school, I think with like Flea or Anthony or maybe both. I don't know, um, and, but I know he was like literally like grade school homeboys with them. And for those who don't know, he died from a heroin overdose. And that is how John got in the band, honestly. Like he was friends with Halel as well and showed him and that's how they got introduced. Uh, but hmm. Anthony will always say that Halel or so he missed Halel's funeral. Because oh, wow. he was on like he, he was doing heroin and was just drugged out and literally didn't make it. So again, the line, I'll say it again, on the day my best friend died, I could not get my copper clean. References that specific moment. And so I'm just going to throw this in there because it's just a very uh, random piece of trivia. <laughs> so for like maybe a month or two months before they got John Frusciante after Slovak died, they had a gentleman named Dwayne McKnight. Not sure what the issue was, but yeah, he 
he only got the green light for a very brief period of time before they had to look elsewhere. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, um, original member of that band before Chad Smith, Jack Irons, um, he left at the same time, or he, I guess he left after Hillel Slovak died. I don't actually know why. I like I, um, I, I remember uh, reading that it was just like too hard on him because again, these were all like grade school buddies. And that would make sense because so for those who don't know the story of Jack Irons, after he left Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, he just bounced around from band to band, but eventually Pearl Jam recruited him. And Pearl Jam, as good of a band as they are, early on in their career the amount of infighting that was going on in that band was absurd. They were literally getting a new drummer, every album fighting over songwriting. Like it was a shit show. And what the band says is that Jack irons coming to the band was what put that to a stop because he was like a family man. Like he had kids, the others didn't. So he wasn't like super into the whole partying. Um, he's, a devout Christian. So like he just, he had, he played by a different set of rules and like just didn't, he never stooped to, you know, the infighting level, if you will. And so just knowing that aspect of it, I could totally see him just like seeing Slovak die from heroin and being like, yeah, boys can't do it. Yeah, no, shout out to him. I remember uh, Jack Irons uh, hearing him kind of talk or seeing him when they got inducted to the Rock Hall. And yes, stand-up guy. That's crazy. He's in one of the two most prominent bands ever, at least for a period. Yeah. Um. But all right, so the fourth record on, or the fourth song on this record, Dosed. Holy oh, shit. Man. Like, I'm always surprised, like, when we do album reviews, I'm like, oh my God, that song this is that song where i'm like Holy oh crap, yeah this I heard is the this, one yep <laughs> heard this as a kid didn't know the name of it didn't even know the chili pepper sing it but has that just early 2000s feel where she died like it's all i have for for me. <laughs> and dude frusciante just shreds your face off at the end too <laughs> He does, but I want to take us back to the first freaking five seconds. That piano, I was, so I was listening to it. I always listen to the album again, day of, and I usually shuffle our stampede shuffle. And mm-hmm. I was confused because, dude, the first five seconds of it, I thought it was Alicia Keys, like, if I ain't got you, because <laughs> just that piano. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it, and then I was like, wait, I just, I'm playing this album right now, but. And yeah, I mean that. Let me see. Uh, does not. I'm just looking to see who it was. Because like, I, my first thought was Flea. Um, Flea. And I don't actually see anyone credited. Oh no, it was Frusciante, not Flea. Yeah, dude. There I, it is. <laughs> he, I mean, he's he was credited a lot for uh, again writing a lot of like the melodic parts and backing for this um particular album speaking of him at minute 425 i wrote down john just sings high and just goes high for a point and it's so fucking good i just like i'm like yes yes and, and then proceeds to rip your face off with this so, guitar <laughs> so and it's not just one guitar so apparently it's four guitar parts that are inter yep. intervene beautifully absolutely and interweave not mean they don't clash they go together and so also like i said at the beginning this was a two disc vinyl and so dosed marks the end of side one on disc one a side and she Oh, oh my god don't flex on us so hard johnny boy <laughs> i can do that because my real name's john <laughs> true all right so start of side two 
Don't Forget Me, sitting at four minutes and 37 seconds. And yeah, there's just, I don't know, there's so, like, in my opinion, just every freaking song on this album isn't just like good, it's like great. And like, this is just another example of one of those where like, you you will never hear this song unless you take the time to listen to this album track one to the end like you will never hear this song on the radio you will never hear this song on even like a deep dive alternative rock station like you will only hear the song either on like a radio station that's only playing red hot chili peppers which to my knowledge there's no serious xm red hot chili peppers yet that'd be a great idea the folks are out there at SiriusXM listening to it. You got Bruce Radio. You got Dave Radio. You got Grateful Dead Radio. We're Sirius Stallions. Fish Radio. Yeah, yeah. One, Sirius Stallions. Number two, Red Hot Chili Peppers Radio. You guys can decide what order you want to launch them. <laughs> so this guitar that was leading up to the interlude is mind-numbing in this song. I absolutely was shook by it. And then as it went back down into the verses, I noticed, dude, Chad, Chad is just filling the empty spots in this song. There's like really no, like, cons- like, I, well, I mean, it's obviously consistent. He's keeping the beat and everything, but like, uh, I don't know, Carter uh, from DMB comes in mind with just the way he does. I'm trying to, I, I just met with Dylan Friedman, who we've had on, uh, the stallions before and he, yeah and he's gonna be like i said um doing drums we met he's gonna be laying them down next week which i'm fucking pumped for but a lot of my songs are gonna are, are like this just filling in that empty space but like keeping that and very evident and don't forget me yeah and I, I mean i said it before when we did our live album review of unlimited love but like what makes the red hot chili peppers so good is the amount of individual talent there is stupid, but they don't, they style their music in a way where everyone's just playing off of each other. It's not like they'd be like, oh, here's this person's turn, then this person's turn, then this person's turn. It's just a constant, just like, all right, and now I'm going to like throw this to Chad and then Chad's going to throw this to Flea. And they're just like, constantly elevating each other without like truly putting the spotlight on like one person at a time i I guess maybe the one exception to that is like when frusciante's just got some gnarly solo or maybe even like when fleas just got some stupid crazy bass lick going but compared to like other bands like they just they they don't feature individuals as much i think it's really cool it is you can choose what you want to hear and you'll be able to hear it pretty fucking clearly when you're listening yes (laughs) (laughs) uh from there one of the most popular ones on this the zephyr song Fly away, away away this is a singing song for sure like this is anthony this is frusciante like they just like this song is all about them and their singing and like it's it's just they they have beautiful voices and they kill it harmony so fun fact weird fact so john has admitted to unintentionally so there's a word out there. It's called mm-hmm. interpolate, which. So basically, I'll. So John said he unintentionally interpolated the song Pure Imagination from the Willy Wonka movie way back okay. when the opening three notes. So the opening three notes, the way the song Pure Imagination is sung are the exact three notes that start the Zephyr song. And in an interview, he literally said, you know what? They are the exact same. I didn't mean to do it, but it's literally a pure imagination. That's hilarious. That's, <laughs> that's honestly some great trivia. Yeah, dude. Random, 
random as shit, but uh, I did go back and listen, and it is spot on. So this next one, yeah. you may not know. <laughs> it, it's brand new. <laughs> and it's called Can't Stop. And this one, I go back and forth, honestly, because so this one, Zephyr song, and by the way, were all really popular all over the radio. Like I know Dost and Universally Speaking were singles too, but they did not get quite the same radio play that those other three did. But I think I would probably lean towards Can't Stop being the most popular, uh, you know, song off the album. But yeah, I mean, this one, it just has, like, this is one of those songs where like, you know, like Johnny's learning how to play guitar and like going to music class and he's finally got his scales down and is like, you know, got like a decent bass and music teachers like, all right, what's a song you want to learn? And it's just like, can't stop because that guitar hook is just so, it's just so good. So well known and like, everyone knows it. everyone loves it and you want to talk about a build-up go back to donnie thornberry and this one too because holy crap what a build-up to just toss you into the first verse chad having a freaking field day out there the tightest pocket i think i know and then the Absolutely. bass tone <laughs> keeps it just in the back the bass is just in the back just always there if you ever want to hear it but mm -hmm. I think the biggest part of this song, though, is just John's voice. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> like, yes. That is so like it just takes you just I don't even know where it takes me, but it's so important to that song. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah that one's nice. Um and then we go to number eight. And is this the end of uh, side two? Um, sure is. And this, so this song, at least for me, is for sure in my top five favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. What the tits? Easily in contention for like number one. Clap. Like, I had no idea. Oh, dude john's guitar in this song is just like filthy filthy like you you just right from the beginning and like i don't know chad's dynamics in the song are just perfect like oh man the, i i could not talk better about this song so i wrote down when i was listening to it well yeah so the synth at the beginning with the bass is amazing you don't really get that much synth focus in chili pepper songs and this was very evident mm -hmm. and then i wrote down so the chorus where he's like i would I die, die for you, for you. Or could that be you so i was like what you wanna do so go back and listen to how he says i could dude it sounds british the way he is singing it yes and 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 it stuck out to me. I was like, holy crap. And then when I was going and trying to just, I don't know, do more research on the album and whatnot. Um, oh, God, I wish I could find that quote about. Um, basically, John wanted it to like when he was like writing these songs, he had a, he had like an oh, here it is. He wanted songs that were more English sounding and melodic, as <laughs> I've mentioned multiple times. And I'm just like, holy shit, like, what the hell? That is literally what I wrote down. Um, and <laughs> yeah, just go back and listen to it. Anthony just put some English uh, twang on it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, this is just such a, a fun song. Oh, like, it, like if I ever hear this song, like, come on, like whether I'm listening to the stampede shuffle or just listening to by the way, or whatever it is, like this song hits, I'm like frozen in my boots. Like whatever <laughs> I'm doing, I have stopped. Like you have my full attention boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, so like we said, that closes out the first actual disc. Side three yep. flipper over with midnight. Four minutes and this one seconds. You got that cop car siren. It's it's very cool. Dude, that's very cool. Did it have violins at the beginning? Yes. Yes, it does. And like, let me find me another chili pepper song with violins in it. I can't like think of one right now. And let me get the person's name. Like so. usually, like usually, because Flinos is was musically trained. His first instrument was the trumpet. I'm pretty sure. So you always yep. hear like horns and stuff, but the violins. I was like, what, what? So there were three. So it's actually it's more. It's not one person. <laughs> so there were three violin players: Charlie Bisharat. I'm sure I butchered that. My apologies, Charlie. <laughs> Jerry Hilera and Peter Kent. Then you had Matt Funes on viola, Evan Wilson on viola, Susie Katayama on cello. So you had like a nice mix there. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that. that I don't know. I just can't like... think of another one. Like I can't think of another one where a violins are that uh, just present. Um, and also, I can't for chili peppers either. And also, I'm sure there are, but can't think of it. Looking at the lyrics, it like breaks it down like who's singing what. This is a true duet between Anthony and John. Um, they're both just in every part, except I think the pre chorus is just Anthony. But besides that, uh, yeah, they go hand in hand in this one. And, and that, that is very different and very cool because, yeah, I mean. Frusciante sings a lot, but it's almost always like that backup, that high, like ah, that you hear and throughout their music with Anthony doing the lead. Yeah. So that it is kind of cool to hear Frusciante get a bit of a lead part. And honestly, too, so like for those who haven't listened to our interview with James Thaddeus. One, you should check it out because James was fucking awesome. Two, um, one thing that he talked about a lot was like, like he he's more of a John Frusciante fan than a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Like he said that he listened to a ton of John Solo stuff, and he kind of encouraged me to like dive a little deeper into it. And I actually did listen to like a handful of songs from it, and it is really fucking good. And just him just singing pure lead is like really good. And I, one thing I didn't realize too, is how big his solo discography is. Like, mm -hmm. I, I want to say he's got like maybe close to 10 albums. I might he got really into like EDM and electronic music, like, like in the two thousands and stuff. Um, I can, oh God, I forget the name of the one album with like the woman on the front. It's like a woman and like a t shirt or something. Yeah. So hold on. I got it pulled up now. So yeah, there are more albums. He has more solo albums than there are albums with him on the Chili Peppers. But yeah. His first one came out in 94, you know, probably. Is that the Neandro ladies and the usual just a t shirt? Yes. Sure is. Um, but yeah, so there's a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So yeah, I lowballed when I said ten, but twelve John Frusciante solo albums. I I'm thinking maybe we should dive into one someday. Well, club, <laughs> I didn't want to break it to you. I said I had a surprise for you in these, and actually that was gonna be it. We were going to have a bonus one, and it was going to be John's first album. So surprise, motherfucker. We're going to do it. Oh, wow. That, so, okay. For the stampede out there, sometimes when Spruce and I have little surprises like that, we talk about it before the episode. We did not there. I genuinely <laughs> had no idea that that was coming. And, uh, yep, I was going to hold it back, but you brought it up perfectly. So if people are listening now, stay tuned for that because it's going to come. In the next year. All right. So you heard it here first. Neandra Lade and usually just the t shirt. 
Thank you for that recommendation, Mr. Thaddeus. Maybe, dude, let's get him on it with we, us, honestly. James, oh, if you're listening, 100%. you're coming on that with us um, and many others, hopefully. Some, yeah, we're not even going to break it. Let's just move on. Move on. Number 10, throw away your television. television. I wrote, uh, dude, I just got to say, I wrote immediately. All I wrote was, welcome back, Chad and Flea. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this just starts off with the fucking flea, just thumper of a baseline. And honestly, this side. So, yeah, now we're on side one of this to the seaside. And um, it's just like this side is just so wacky. Like every song has like a totally different field. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one is just crazy. And like like we mentioned earlier just brings them back to like those pure funk roots and yeah it's and rapping this is definitely the yes. evident rapping one uh, yeah. I love there's a little guitar. bit in can't stop yeah yeah that's but true this one way more uh, dude john's guitar is like moving around on the verses like then and like just moving yeah all it's over like the that place. funk guitar where he, he like you're gonna supplement you're gonna complement but it's gonna be driven by the bass and the drums mm-hmm. and so i fun fact about this one so original so this song is uh, about again like drug addiction and kind of diving into that and like like so the original lyrics of the song were throw away your drug addiction and uh, had to they, make it a little radio friendly. Well, they didn't think radio. radio. <laughs> they didn't think radio friendly. <laughs> it was more like they thought, like they wanted to make it lighter because I don't know. That just was kind of what this album was. It was like a very, I don't know. It was a bright album, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, fair enough. Like artists use metaphors for something all the time. So yeah, you just TV is a metaphor for drug addiction. But if you no go problems. back and replace television with drug addiction, the song is pretty evident. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I've never thought thought of it that way. It's like, and especially too, when I, I mean, I still love this album, but when I first discovered this album and like really listened to it a lot, and I think this still applies, like Spruce is a singer, so he pays attention to lyrics way more than I do. I guess that's, now I think about, there's never really any point in time where i i guess was like very lyrically oriented like spruce is a singer so he's always gonna notice like what the lyrics to a song are and i i'll be honest i never really like i've never really been able to put that together yeah i mean it's interesting i mean it's just the music is crazy because it brings in so many different elements of so many different arts like the album cover art that's actually like drawing art lyrics to me is just poetry like that's all it is is you're just saying poetry in a way that fits with the other aspect of art the actual music side of it and putting that together Um, absolutely it's 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 amazing just building on it and everything it brings for people and uh yeah fucking awesome man um but yeah, so as you mentioned, this side is freaking wacky and it stays wacky with track number 11, Cabron. You literally, it sounds like you're at a fiesta with the way that, so fruciante has got an acoustic guitar and like he is playing it like you're at a fucking Mexican salsa and it, it's crazy. It, 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 just another just absolute jam of a song and it's it, so it's a Latin tune, as Club said. Acoustic Johnny Boy is in the house, but Club, I have a fun fact for you that is oh so perfect. I'm just gonna leave. Who right is now. Cabron? <laughs> no, so 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 we'll dive into that for a second. But for the people out there, Club and I sometimes you know double down on uh, some podcast uh, two in a night. So we just actually recorded the vinyl roulette 1.5, and if you heard the fact. story. Or if you listened, you will know about what we got. You'll know about a certain band that we were supposed to draw out, Jethro Toll, and the disc wasn't in there. Fun fact for you, Klopp, is that John has stated that the guitar parts for this song were influenced 
by Martin Barr's playing on Jethro Tull's album, Aqua Lung. No way. Which was the album that we were supposed to get and there was no disc in it. And we literally just talked about it. <laughs> Absolute tragedy. I dude, when I was reading that, I was like, oh my Lord, what are the chances? Not, not only his specific guitar playing, but on that specific album, Aqua Lung. <laughs> Well, hey, now we know. <laughs> now we now I just want to hear it even more. Um, yeah. So this song, I, uh, I guess, is from a perspective. So the Blood and the Crips, you ever hear of them? Uh, two sure. gangs out in L.A. Um, so it's from a perspective of a blood and about how all gang members are. And like Anthony's saying this from the, uh, a per, like that perspective and saying that they're all the same like just people man and like how we could just throw it away and how like they're all kind of like forced into it as well like kind of that gang uh i don't know like for, from what i read and what and and what i see like you're just forced into it from an early age and so it's really about just putting aside their differences and coming to peace and one of the lyrics uh he even talks about like you wear hang on, i'm gonna find the exact one um, but he's talking about wearing like the Dodger blue because the Dodger blue is apparently uh, like the Crips, like blue color. So he goes, I see you in the park. You're okay. always wearing Dodger blue, Mad Dog and me and anyone from any other crew. Uh, so I guess that is kind of, yeah, kind of just what the whole um, like song is about. And then to answer your question, uh, Cabron or Cabron, or I'm probably fucking it up, but it means basically like dumbass. Cabroni. It's just like, uh, like, like asshole. Uh, so it's kind of just, I don't know, a swear word, I guess, and just calling people like a piece of shit is what I'm picking up on. Um, Fair enough. But he's saying, but again, if you look at the lyrics uh, and go through them, you could just tell there are so many parts where he's just saying like, what else can we do? I don't want to fight. I want to get along with you this time of the nights for singing songs about the local news. And I don't know. They're again, club just said, Hey, enjoy lyrics. And this is just, again, a different one from a perspective and that you would have never, I don't know, had gotten without Anthony. Yep. And so, yeah, yeah, just, I don't know, just an amazing song, super different. I don't really think the red hot chili peppers have anything else quite like this um and so yeah from here we go into the last song on the seaside and it's uh, a little bit of flea trumpet time because we got tear or tear i don't know <laughs> it's all perspective t-e-a-r hey little Annie, it's all perspective and i think this is the longest song on this album no, i'm sitting at no, five. oh Queen. yes no you're right you're right I'm kind of pissed at myself. That was the only one where I didn't write down the time because I was just writing it. Uh, uh, but no worries. Feel good drum beat I have for this song. You know, it's uh, it's about like coming to life or utilizing life to the fullest. The guitar is beautiful. It's just a freaking great song to end that seaside. Yeah, and there, there's a little piano in it too. Frusciante is back, dude. All right. This is completely off topic, but I just so I just said a beautiful track to end the seaside. So in Vanaru Roulette Part One, there's a song on the seaside of it called Down by the Seaside. The seaside. Do you think they did that on purpose? Do you think Zeppelin did that on purpose? You mean chili peppers did it on purpose? No, 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 no. I'm no, so sorry. Oh, 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 yeah. no, okay. No, no, I I'm get taking us saying. away okay. to physical graffiti. We listened to it on the Vanarula one, but my, one of my favorite Zeppelin songs is called Down by the Seaside, and it's literally on the seaside. Do you think they did it? Honestly, it, that's highly possible because back then, like, I don't know, I, I just feel like the way musicians did things back then, like, everything was way more carefully thought out to a level that it isn't today and that's not to say that there aren't artists that like you know do put that same level of detail into it but just my first inclination would be to say yes well i thought you were asking me by that was did chili peppers do that to like mimic 
Zeppelin. Yeah, that's why I was like, "Wait a minute, no, did, you about? you mean Zeppelin <laughs> because their album came first <laughs> No, yes, I I don't know. I just had like uh, what the, like I just said the word seaside, and then I was like, "Oh, I remember." And yeah, oh my God, it was on the seaside, and no, I, that would totally make sense. Yeah, I just got warped. I got warped back to just Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, yes. let's, let's take us to the fourth side. Flip it over to the D side. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Now it's a little ska time because we got <laughs> on Mercury. Okay. <laughs> I wrote dude, it was like a early 2000s, very evident in this song. Almost has like a like I wrote like a Ricky Martin vibe, like living a vida loca. <laughs> but well, yes, like I, I see that, but I I think there's definitely a heavy sky influence too. Like I, I it sounds like a little bit of no doubt or like mm-hmm. some less than Jake or Goldfinger. True. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is good. But uh, yeah, one I really like. This is a like deep, deep track. I didn't really know that one too well. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's why I mean, like, like I said, I think every song on this album is like not even just like good, but great. And yeah, like you said, On Mercury is one of those ones where like you will never hear it unless you listen to this album in its entirety. And the same thing might be true of the next track. And I was saying this about I Could Die For You, but this song is literally the exact same thing. Like the this song, Minor Thing, and I Could Die For You, I can't decide which one is my favorite off this album they are both so fucking good they're like both in contention for just my favorite red hot chili pepper song and it's just like frusciante's backup singing on this is fucking batshit crazy yeah that's true <laughs> the ooze it's either just a minor thing you know mm. he knows everything <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes into that rap I got that hair got a bit acceleration the song has appeared a lot off this album on our on our stampede shuffle uh, Dude, probably because so i'm convinced and this is i have zero proof of this but i am convinced <laughs> that when you have a playlist on spotify and you shuffle it, it is not truly random. Because I listen to Spotify a lot. It is probably other than like text message, Spotify is, or maybe Twitter, Spotify is probably my most used app. And so like, I'm like, I feel like I am intimately familiar with how their algorithms like trigger what to play. And I'm telling you, when you press shuffle on a playlist, it is not random. They will cater the song curation based on what you listen to. Like, for example, the Stampede Shuffle, when I am playing it, there are fucking over 3,000 songs on this playlist. But there are a handful of songs that I seem to hear no matter what yeah is yeah. that true for you spruce 100 i'm like dude yes. I, no way i've heard every song on this playlist but i just keep not even it. close yeah but i dude there's this one santana song the nile that just keeps appearing every time i shuffle and and dude same like and the reason why it is is like so for me like one song that like hits on every playlist that it's on is one week by bare naked ladies because it's on so many playlists of mine. I have it on my nineties summer tunes. I have it on my jam band playlist. We have it on the stampede shuffle. I have it just on nineties alternative. It fits all these different genres. So it's on all these different playlists. And so Spotify thinks I really like this song. It thinks I really want to hear it. And so it like, and I, that's just how their algorithms work. If yeah. you listen to the song a lot, if it's on a lot of your playlists, it is more likely to play when you hit the shuffle button if it is on that playlist. It is that simple. 
I believe it. And I, and I think so like the stampede shuffle is a shared playlist. So I, I believe it is a bit of a combination of both of our trends, not just like one of us versus like, if I listen to like a playlist that I've created and I'm the only like creator on the playlist, like it's going to play ba- like purely off of my taste. Yeah, I completely believe it. I yeah, mean, that's probably why you get the Nile a lot because I have the Nile on like a playlist that's all Santana. It's on my 80s playlist. It's on my jam playlist. <laughs> so there's all these and it's it's a really fucking good song. Like <laughs> it is. It is. No, and yeah, no, I 100% believe that. Shango. So. so what we're trying to say is more people listen to our playlist so we can get a wine variety. <laughs> Yeah. All right. And let's, let, let's close out this album. And I say for those who are still listening, thank you. I know we're running a little long, but in our defense, this album is almost an hour and 10 minutes. It's 16 tracks. So of course this one was going to be a little bit longer. Um, Shit before after, me, girl. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. We got warm tape. And that is the first line, I think. Shiver for me, girl. <laughs> uh, reverb guitar. Talk about it. Yeah. Talk it's about just like it. Melting away. And Chad's Chad's drums on this are so smooth because he's got like he's got that ride cymbal beat going, but then his left hand is just like boom, 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 just like sliding across those toms and just like filling while he's just laying down, just like that regular bass on the one and three snare on the two and the four drum beat and like we talked about just it it gives that dreamy vibe and very much proves that just moving away from that funk driven album uh for this uh just offers a whole different aspect um another cool fun fact is john has said the name for the song warm tape uh came from a name of one of the sound effects on his synth that he's responding uh, for this album. I could see that. And yeah, I don't know. Warm tape, just another one of those ones, like I said, where you will never hear the song unless you listen to this whole album. Um, and yeah, that I, I'm looking at it now just for the credits. Um and Frusciante did play synth on this song. Um, another fun fact, too. So, yeah, we got to on Mercury a couple songs ago. There's an instrument in that song called melodica or melotron that Frusciante also plays. That's where I said early 2000s banger on that one. Yeah. Give me that mix. Um, Give me the mix. Yeah. And so, yeah, just another just banger of a song. So after warm tape, we are finally at the end here. Track number 16, longest track on the album, but just over six minutes, Venice Queen. And I would also be remiss before we dive into Venice Queen, if I did not mention that, of course, there's a fucking track 17. If you got the Japanese CD <laughs> track. Oh, dude. And then there's also two other ones. If you got the iTunes digital version, like there's never just a one fucking version. There is always a deluxe, the bonus track. Like there can never just be like the album. <laughs> dude, we got to start just uh, getting the hashtag going. Stop deluxe while you can. yeah oh yeah no it's one of my pet peeves too like if i'm adding songs to a playlist on spotify i will always hunt for the original version like not the remastered not the deluxe like let me just find the original original version of it sometimes you can't and then like you got to settle for the remastered or the deluxe but yeah they're just why can't there just be the album and you just that's the album 
That's all, folks. Because <laughs> it's also a business, and they're trying to make that cash money. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so this one was weird. I literally got like bard music vibes at the beginning of this song, like taking you back to like medieval times with a bard playing. Uh, that's yeah. kind of what John's guitar gave me, and then. I thought I was going to stick around and out of nowhere just came freaking alien noises, just ripping my earlobes apart. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's a very weird, obscure song. And I, I don't know. I kind of see a trend where like a lot of times the last track on the album, like especially for vinyl consumers like it's just weird like they i feel like it's intentionally weird and wacky just they're so like you made it this like, far <laughs> yeah they're they just want you to be sitting there just being like what the fuck did i just hear <laughs> uh so a fact about this one is so this song is actually an ode to a woman named gloria scott who okay. was anthony uh, anthony's drug rehabilitation therapist Ooh. And he credits her a lot for again the folk a lot of focus on this album and like their songs is just overcoming drug addiction, talking about drug drug addiction. So an ode to Gloria Scott. Yeah. Shout out to Gloria. G Scott and the girls. And shout out to the red hot chili 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 peppers for this freaking album. And that's a rap for that, by the way that is and man this was i mean that was so much fun <laughs> to go through like i don't yeah, really ever i skip. feel like we just got to universally speaking but i look at the time i'm like oh we're almost at an hour yeah <laughs> now we've uh we've definitely dove deep um the light club said it deserved the time of day it deserved our tarps off and it deserves a continuation so let's figure All out right. what, what we're going to be doing next. Are we going to stick in the 2000s? Are we going back to the 90s? Klepp, what are you uh, guessing right now as I put this together? Yeah, and oh, if, if you thought this one was long, once we get to Stadium Arcadium, I will be shocked if we keep that bad boy under two hours. <laughs> All, right. All right. What do we got? For the next Chili Pepper specifically Johnny Boy album review series. The Vinyl Stallions will be going with Blood sugar, baby. A sex magic. Don't say magic. Blood sugar, baby. A sex magic. Sex magic. And I know I've mentioned it before on here, but there is, and Klepp, I'm going to encourage you, if not shove it down your throat, to watch a documentary on YouTube called Funky Monks. It's about an hour, 15, 20 minutes, all black and white. Uh, so this album was recorded in a mansion in LA where I'm pretty sure the Beatles like recorded an album or something. First one with Rick Rubin. First one with John on it. And this documentary is just you see it all come together they go through every song in different parts you see how they're living you see them take the picture of with their tongues out on the front of the album it's i've seen it twice and i can't i speak so highly yeah. of it so that that's on. gonna get watched allow yeah. me 30 seconds really quick all right club's going 30 seconds um but yeah like i said highly encourage funky monks it's a song on the album as well um and this is probably the i would say honestly the, the album i know most out of all chili peppers um like all together but you see them they're literally like banging on pots and pans i think john's like 19 he's got his buzzka going on um so yeah this is going to be a extremely fun one to dive into next uh, to continue, like I said, our Chili Pepper series. And we're back. Now, here's how much I freaking like that album. Number one, as soon as we got a record player, 
you know, we had to get it on final. And like pretty much every Red Hot Chili Peppers album, it's a two disc ripper. But back in my high school days, I had this bad boy sitting in my car. Ooh. Oh, let's go. That early 90s, just absolute banger. Yeah, no, this one's going to be a lot of fun. And hope, and maybe one of them will club. Maybe you'll decide what's your second favorite Chili Peppers album after we've done that one. Because you said it was either By the Way or that one. So I think we're going to need a decision. I go back and forth on it. And I don't know. I mean, so Stadium Arcadium, I never really had in the running but I never listened to that one in the same way that I listened to some of these other ones when I was younger. And I listened to that album track one to the end for the first time, maybe like um, two months ago. Yeah. And wow, was that really good? So I could easily see it changing over time and maybe stadium Arcadium sneaks in there. Oh, that fucker came out of nowhere. But yeah, I don't know. Oh man, the, the red blood sugar sex magic is so good. So all right, all right, how do you pick? Right. We'll we'll choose next time. But right now we gotta end this. If you're listening out there, shout out to you. You are a true member of the Stampede. We are just running down the street and just knocking everything over. Late night. Hey, but hey. Um, oh gosh, that's it. Shout out to by the way. Um, besides that, my name is the Loose Spruce Goose, and I'm Killer Clip. And this is Ben. I wouldn't hurt a fly. He wouldn't hurt a fly, baby. But would you run over Mufasa? No, Mufasa, no. Another episode of Vinyl's Dalliance.